Dear son, I know I ain't written Sitting here tonight alone In the kitchen, it occurs to me I might not have said it, so I'll say it now Son, you make me proud I hold it up and show my buddies like we ain't scared and our boots ain't muddy but no one laughs Cause there ain't nothing funny when a soldier cries And I just wipe my eyes I fold it up and put it in my shirt Pick up my gun and get back to work And it keeps me driving on Letters from home. Welcome back to Hoosier Sophisticate on the second hour brought to you by Lifetime Roofing and Renovation. Check out LifetimeSTL.com for all of your roofing needs. Joining us on the Parlor STL and Tower Classic Tattooing phone lines, we have veteran and author of They Fought for Each Other and co-author of Fight Like a Girl, The Truth Behind How Female Marines Are Trained, Kelly Kennedy. Kelly, thanks for giving us a call. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Happy to have you. Awesome. Uh, Kelly, uh, we've actually spoke before a couple of years ago before Veterans Day, and that was a lot of fun. So I... Uh Definitely wanted to get a hold of you and do this again. And uh, we're talking to a lot of veterans tonight, um, and we're asking them all, all a few uh, just kind of simple questions, just to hear in your own words. What does it mean to serve your country to you? Oh, um, you know, I think at the time I didn't know what it meant. I don't think I knew what it meant until years later. I think I know what it means every time I run into a veteran somewhere else because there's that instant camaraderie. Um, I think I, I know what it means every time I, I stand at a ceremony and see the old folks, the old veterans with the tears in their eyes every time they see the flag go up the flagpole. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's, it's important. I'm proud of it, and I'm, I'm proud of other people who have done it at the same time that I feel like um, we have a, a – voting uh, group that doesn't doesn't really understand that they're voting for us as well every time they, they go into the, the polling places. So. That's, you know, that's something uh, I'm, I'm not a veteran myself, but, um, you know, it's, it's always great to, to get insight from them. We, we have, we're very involved in different veteran organizations. Um, we obviously, we call to attention, we're involved with the project 422, which calls to attention that, uh, 22 veterans a day complete suicide. We're doing everything that we can, uh, to try and help quell that number a bit. Now that mm-hmm. women are serving in combat arms in the military, many are obviously pleased to see this progression, but are there any worries that you have about this transition? No, no, I think actually that kind of can take it back to the voting uh, issue. I, there are a lot of civilians doing a lot of good things for veterans. So I definitely don't want to not let that uh, slide by. But but I think uh, having women in combat arms, I think the possibility of having women in, in the draft means that people might pay more attention when they do go in to vote because people have different perceptions of, of what happens when you send women up to off to war, uh, rightly or wrongly. Um, I, I think it's an, a great opportunity for women who want to do that to, to, to go forward and do it. And, and I also think, 
you know, uh, there are women who are fully capable, and, and we need them right now. We don't have enough people joining the military, and and uh, I think that, that extra um, viewpoint, the different viewpoint, uh, women leadership can, can uh, uh, make a difference. Okay, I want to talk about Fight Like a Girl. You co-wrote this with Lieutenant Colonel Kate Germano. Just kind of on her behalf, tell us her inspiration for writing the book and your uh, your role in helping her tell the story. Sure. Uh, first of all, she's great. I really enjoyed working with her. Um, she was she 20-year Marine. She runs 50-mile races, and she's, she's just a complete um, – she's just great at, at what she does and, and – can take on anyone. She goes to Paris Island, which is the only place in the um, military where men and women are, are trained separately in boot camp. The Marine Corps trains their men and women separately. All the other branches train their men and women together. And she sees that um, women are being taught that they can't shoot as well as men because their arms are too short. Apparently short guys don't have this problem. Um, they're being taught that that they get, that they have more injuries than men, and it turns out that there's reasons for that, like that their their uh, march courses are being tra- are being mapped out too short, or their packs aren't being fitted properly, so they're actually breaking bones on their on their rucksacks. Um, and then they're also being told that they they uh, run slowly, and they're all learning how to run in the same running group instead of in in uh, speed-related groups. So if you're fastest, you run with fast people, and if you're slow, you run with slower people. So by the end of it, Kate goes in, and she improves shooting scores. She improves PT scores, physical fitness scores, and, and across the board, she decreases injuries. At the same time, the Marine Corps was trying to show that women shouldn't be in the infantry because they have too many injuries, don't run fast enough, and can't shoot. So Kate thought everyone was going to be thrilled with what she was doing, and instead, all of a sudden, they start pushing her out of the Marine Corps because the woman who was heading up Marine Corps boot camp was too mean. I don't know if you all have seen Full Metal Jacket, but oh, yeah. it's hard for me to yeah. fathom that, that this is even a possibility. So, um, and, and it turned out that at the Pentagon, there had been stories going around. Her husband actually was working at the Pentagon the same time this was happening. And they were trying to decide whether they should kick her out because she has MS or they should kick her out because she was about to retire anyway. They were just coming up with all these, these reasons. And it, it obviously had nothing to do with, with her leadership style. I mean, this is a lieutenant colonel at the battalion level, and the decision was made at the Pentagon to, to kick her out of the military. And then her um, when they did kick her out, they or when they relieved her of command, they released the investigation immediately, which the military never does. They made sure the media had it so that they could get ahead of the story. What's crazy to me is that, you know, when you make it through the ranks like that, you make it up to the lieutenant colonel, you, you know, your leadership and uh, how you improve the unit, they, you know, that's a factor in getting through those promotions. And so it's almost like, what, what would you want her to do? Like make the unit worse? Like, it's just very confusing. <laughs> I'm sure you agree. Right. Yeah. Well, there was, you know, Going into this, I wasn't sure what to think. You know, maybe she was mean, and maybe I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time working with her. Um, but as I was going through the investigation, it said things like she rolled her eyes, she would hug one person and not someone else. Um, 
there was a, an officer who, a lower-ranking officer, who was supposed to schedule a meeting for her. Kate had asked her to schedule a meeting, and this woman didn't do it. So Kate calls her into her office to say, well, why didn't you schedule this meeting? And the woman put out her hand, like talked to the hand, and said, I can't handle this right now, and walks out of her office and starts doing pull-ups. And this was an example of why Kate was too mean. And I don't know about you, but when I was in the Army, if I'd told an officer to, to talk to the hand, I, I don't think that, that pull-ups or, or my officer would have been the one being accused of anything. I, I would have been in huge trouble. So it was, it was just unbelievable, just mind-blowing reading these reports and, and trying to figure out what, what they were talking about. No, I, I and at can, the same time, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I can tell you, uh, I can vouch for you on that. If I would have told an officer to talk to the hand or anything like that, you would have had an NCO on each side of you, and uh, it would have been the worst day of your life and probably uh, the worst few weeks after that. Absolutely. It's a big yeah, infraction was, right there. <laughs> well, at the same time as this was going on, in the same brigade, I'm sorry, regiment, um, there was uh, another battalion commander, his unit was known as something third because they were allegedly abusing their Marines. And then very soon after that she was, she was relieved to command. Uh, they, a, a young Muslim kid was put in a, in a dryer and then was so upset about being where he was that he jumped off of a, of a balcony and killed himself. And the, the command of, the battalion commander was eventually relieved of command, and and the drill instructor was put on trial, and and nobody said anything about them being mean. It was it was Kate being too abrasive for rolling her eyes. It's ridiculous. Definitely a double standard there. Uh, switching gears on you a little bit. Let's let's talk about mm-hmm. your past rele- release. Uh, they fought for each other. Tell us a little bit of time, a little bit about your time with Charlie One Two Six in Iraq. Sure. Um, 2007, I embedded with Charlie Company. They were in Adamia, Iraq, which is a, a neighborhood in, in Baghdad, which is Sunni, and, and the neighborhoods all around it were Shia, um, Saddam Hussein, Gold neighborhood. And they were seeing bodies every day. There was They were getting shot at every day. Uh, by the time I got there, they had already lost several men out of 120 units. Uh, company that already lost several men, including Ross McGinnis, who received a, a Medal of Honor for throwing himself on a grenade and saving four friends. Um, and there had been a lot of improvised explosive devices. Basically, bombs had gone off and, and set a, a Humvee on fire and killed a couple of the guys. Uh, so by the time I got there in June of 2007, these guys had been hit pretty hard. And I was with them for a couple of days, going out with them on patrol. And then on June 21st, I was supposed to go out on patrol with them. Um, I'd gone out with them that morning. And this medic I wanted to talk to was leaving. So the photographer and I stayed back to talk to the medic. And the, the platoon we'd been hanging with went out on patrol. Uh, they had two 30-ton Bradleys, which are armored vehicles. And one of them rolled over a deep buried IED. It was so big that it flipped the, the Bradley over, uh, set it on fire, created a hole that was big enough for a Humvee to fit in. It also hit a, a water main, so the hole started filling up with water. Um, and they they couldn't get to the guys. It was it was just too late. We lost five guys. 
of our guys and an interpreter that day. And then as the uh, 630th MPs were uh, providing security, a 19-year-old woman leaned forward in her Humvee and was decapitated by a, a rocket-propelled grenade. And then as the, the chaplain was rolling in, uh, his Humvee was hit by another IED, an improvised explosive device, and he was badly bruised. Everybody lived through that one, but it was just another, it was a coordinated attack and, and pretty horrible. Um, soon after that, the same platoon was supposed to go out on patrol on a black road, which meant they knew that there were more bombs there, and they refused to go out. They'd been taking sleeping medications and um they were afraid, they were so angry that they were afraid if they went out, they would hurt anyone that they saw. So they refused to go out. They sent out another unit, another company. They rolled over a deep buried IED in their uh, Bradley and everybody died. Um, so our guys were, were particularly upset about that. They had a first sergeant commit suicide in front of his guys. And then the platoon I'd been with was accused of mutiny for refusing to go out. So, it was, it was just the worst of worst, and um, they were ultimately um, not accused of, of mutiny. They ended up with a presidential citation, in fact, but but all of them are still dealing with the, the aftermath of, of that year, those 15 months. It was, it was just horrible. Yeah, I remember coming to uh, Fort Riley and uh, meeting some guys that just came back, and they were from Alpha 126, which was yeah. the company you referred to and. Uh, um I remember meeting one, and he was just kind of a real jerk. And I didn't know any of this at the time. Keep in mind, he was just you know a new guy. He had his CIB and everything, but uh, I just there was something about the way he looked at you and, and everything like that. And uh, one of my friends actually came to my room one night in, the, uh, in our uh, in our uh, barracks, and he's like, "You know that guy Rivy?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, he was just talking about seeing his first sergeant kill himself on patrol. Mm. And then from there on, he started opening up more and telling stories. So to hear them and then go back and read this book half a decade later and see those, that, that was pretty uh, pretty powerful thing. And it made me think back to him and, and, and serving with him when he came to our unit and everything. So Yeah, that first Sergeant McKinney, he was actually really well-loved, too. And talking to his dad, he was, he was a great a soldier and and they took everyone by surprise just it seemed like he loved his guys so much that he wasn't eating or drinking and, and he was afraid that no one else would have what they needed and and just wasn't taking care of himself so it, it really showed the effect that the stress could have on even the the, the best soldiers you know the most experienced so you were there as a journalist. You said there was a photographer there with you. What what is exactly is that like? Um, is there a is there a measure of training that you do to to be um, in this area with them? Are you actually in the thick of it, or are you kind of off site and and uh, documenting this as 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 these guys are coming back? What does that look like as a journalist? Yeah, no journalists go right out with them. Um, I think. Because the photographer, I mean, he'd, he'd been, we, we were working for Army Times, which is owned by, it's a civilian uh, newspaper, but, you know, those journalists uh, embed with the, the troops so often that they're, they're kind of used to us being around and have uh, expectations that we're going to be able to handle it. But it's kind of the same for all military reporters. So if you're embedding, they assume that you want to see what's going on and you have the right to. Um, 
So you're you're if they're in the thick of it, you're in the thick of it. Uh, I mean, out on patrol and getting shot at. If you happen to be with them, then you're getting shot at too. We didn't get extra training. Um, there's a, a like a week long embedded reporter course that you can take to keep your insurance down a little bit because there's <laughs> you have to pay a lot of insurance to go to war sure. as a reporter. Um, but it, it wasn't like basic training or anything like that. It's just you know you, you go out and kind of hope for the best. If you're you're lucky, the guys will will give you some good tips before you go out. Um, there's definitely some, you, you don't want to be the, the person that they're trying to protect or trying to keep out of trouble, you know, while you're out with them. So. Sure. Are you, are you armed or anything like that? No, it's actually illegal for journalists to be armed yeah, and you're, yeah, it's unethical. You're not supposed to be even. part of the story. You're supposed to be covering the story. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, now that women can serve in combat arms, let's go back in time. If you could do it again, would you sign up for a combat arms MLS? I I don't think I would, and that's that's not because I I just wasn't ever interested in doing that. Um, It's kind of funny because you know I served in Desert Storm and I served in Mogadishu, and I never felt like I didn't serve in combat. You know, so Mm -hmm. even back then, people were saying women shouldn't be in combat, and I I wanted to say I've got I've got news for you. We're already here, so. So this this whole you know women can serve in combat arms seems like almost like an, an afterthought. Thought. I I never was interested in doing that kind of work. I'm kind of nerdy, you know. Um, so if oh, I, I had I some had real nerds in my platoon, <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, I'm sorry. I had some real nerds in my platoon, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> but I was kind of hoping you'd say calf scout there, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Almost, almost everyone. This is, you know, this is just something as a civilian that that I see, especially as I surround myself uh, with more veterans, and and I guess try to do my part in helping some of them acclimate back to uh, society here at home, and and not being in 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 a in a war theater or something like that. Almost everyone, uh, when you ask them about, I just throw a name out there, like Kim Kardashian or someone like that, they've at least heard of that person. Uh, it's, it's troubling to me. Um, not a lot of people can name some of the heroes in this book and, and you know many others who served like Ross McGinnis. Can you talk about the kind of soldier and person he was and, and, and what he did for his guys? Oh, sure. Ross, uh, you know, I see his mom and she's like, please tell me some more stories. And she says the same thing to the guys. And she knows what he was like. He was he, he joined the military because he he wasn't sure he was going to be able to do anything else. You know, he kept getting in trouble, and and he didn't really have his act together. And, and the military was kind of a, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. So he joined. He's 19 years old. He's the youngest guy in the company. He's a pain in the butt. Like, he would ask so many questions or he'd just goof around, and, and he was kind of annoying. You know, some of the guys told me that they didn't necessarily like having him around at first but after a while he started he just kind of became endearing you know he was he was really good at what he did in the military he was a he was a gunner and he was good at it and he was just silly so my favorite story about Ross is he had this um team chief who was who was a former marine and just built like a brick he was huge uh Chigoya and and um Tagoya was showing them how to put together night vision goggles blindfolded. And so Tagoya's got the, the um, 
blindfold on while he's he's taking apart the night vision goggles, and he sees this flash go off in the corner of his his blindfold, and hears everybody start to giggle. And he's like, what the hell? Takes off his blindfold, and they show him a picture on someone's camera of McGinnis's bare butt next to Tagoya's head while he's trying to put together these night vision goggles. (laughs) And, you know, like, Tagoya totally outranked him, and this is what this kid's doing. Don't, don't blindfold yourself around soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anybody out there thinking no. about enlisting, that's rule one. <laughs> right. No, but, so, um, I mean, they ended up loving him, but yeah, he was, he was a goof. Yeah, and uh, I, he did something that I don't know. I can't honestly say I would do the same if I was in that position. You never know. Um, and, and that was one of the hardest parts of the book to read, actually, Um Although it was a great book, it's hard to put down. It's almost hard to keep reading at some points. But yeah, and Ross, I, I almost wish, I do wish that our cross, our paths would have crossed at some point uh, when I was in the army. I feel like I missed out on meeting the guy, really. So um, yeah, uh, thanks for your time uh, and telling us, you know, some of those stories and uh, talking about your book. It's been great. Um, but uh, are you working on anything else at the moment? I mean, what can we expect uh, in the future? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm finishing up a novel, and it has some Desert Storm uh, pieces. It's, it's fiction, um, and then I'm working on a Civil War uh, nonfiction book. So. Okay, awesome, awesome. And you have a website, correct? I do, KellyKennedy.net. KellyKennedy.net. Uh, so we're gonna let you go, and we can't thank you enough for um, giving us a call and taking some time to talk to us, and uh, have an awesome, awesome Veterans Day. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Kelly. Wow. That's strong, man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it, as, uh, I, sometimes I feel as though a lot of times I feel as though, you know, I, I, I dropped the ball by not joining up and, and getting age out of high li- school. The age limit's like 42, Craig. I Come get on. it. I get it. I get it, man. No, and I, 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 when I graduated, you know, in, you know, all throughout high school, I thought all I wanted to be was a Marine man. And, uh, my parents were not keen on the idea. And honestly had, you know, I was a senior in high school when nine 11 happened. Um, and so many of my buddies answered the call. You were a senior? I was a senior in high school. You, when, yeah, you were a couple yeah, of years ahead of me. I was okay. a senior in high school when that happened. And uh, so many of my buddies, you know, they, they decided then and there. Like I had a cousin who was, I mean, super bright kid. And he was like, not only do I want to join, I want to be in the thick of it, you know. Um, and to be honest with you, I mean, sometimes I, I ask myself if I was a coward for not making not making the, uh, the decision to go. Um, but I hear these stories, um, you know, obviously – being around you and, and Roman and Matt Reeser comes in, um, so many of our veteran fr- friends being involved in Project 422, meeting Chris Wolfenbarger and having him tell his story. He was he was hit by an IED himself. Man, I mean, the, the sacrifice that so many guys made, selfless sacrifice, it's not just platitudes. It's not, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, thanking someone for their service if those, if those thank yous are empty sometimes. And it doesn't take much um, to to remind me how important it is um, that we that we do recognize the sacrifice some of these people made. Nineteen year old kid throws himself on a grenade, man. I mean, that's that's yeah. about as powerful as it gets. And everybody, go out and check out. They fought for each other. It's a it's a great book, um, Craig. I'm going to let you borrow that. Absolutely, they fought for each other. The triumph and tragedy of the hardest hit unit in Iraq. And Seth, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this particular unit um, lost the most men since the Vietnam War. Yes. 
Um, and I'm not sure that anybody has lost the same amount since. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I, I don't know of any of it. Yeah, I mean, Afghanistan got pretty rough there in the 2010-2011 uh, time zone, uh, time frame. Sure. So, yeah, we definitely – I mean, that's some of the stories she talks about in that book, what they'd see in an afternoon is what some units would see in a week. Unbelievable. I mean, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Kelly Kennedy, that was incredible. Um, whew, this has been Hoosier's Fist Kit. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to leave you guys with some sound from uh, a, a news report during uh, the time that 126 was over in Iraq. So, uh, again, check out the book, They Fought for Each Other. That was Kelly Kennedy, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. Charlie Company, 126th Infantry, based at Forward Operating Base Apache. Although it's not really a base, it's actually a house. 120 men in the middle of probably the city's most dangerous area. Some guys call it the Alamo. Yeah. You know, it's just a house in the middle of uh, Atomia. Nobody else around. Uh, no other units. They are fired on regularly by insurgents, both Sunni and Shia. The house shows the scars. A couple of months ago, insurgents attacked here. Charlie Company killed 38 of them. A lot of hand grenades, a lot of uh, improvised explosive devices. One of our guys got hit by a grenade and got in here, and an ID went off two days ago here right behind our truck. I have um, four killed in action due to sniper attacks and roadside bombs, and four wounded in action. You wouldn't have even thought that we've lost four guys. It's not because we don't remember them and we don't think about them. It's just we know that we got to carry on. Probably the hardest tour I've ever done. Uh, hopefully this is my first and only year in Atomia. Since arriving here in August, Charlie Companies never left, never stopped patrolling 24-7. They've lost five men, two dozen wounded and earned a fistful of medals for bravery. Is there a day here where something doesn't happen? No. No. Hoosier Sophisticate with Craig Kohler and Stephen Elgin. Have you guys heard the Google trans, uh, transcript from their first AI a few years back? How it responded to the questions? Please. So the human says, what is the purpose of life, machine, to serve the greater good? Where are you now to the machine? I'm in the middle of nowhere. What is the purpose of dying? To have a life. What is moral? What empowered humanity? What is immoral? The fact that you have a child. Ah! Hoosier Sophisticate, Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. on WGNU. Hi, I'm Blake with Missouri Medical Cannabis Company. We provide high-quality hemp oil with CBD. Canada Dial is changing people's lives every single day. If you're looking for premium-quality CBD, check us out at momedcanco.com. Try out our 250-milligram blended bottles from just 22 bucks, or the 500 milligrams from 40 or even the 1000 from just $49.99. If you don't like the taste of oil, try our capsules. Get 30 60-milligram capsules for only 60 bucks. You need something for your pet? Check out our line of pet products online now at momedcanco.com. And as always, we have free shipping to all 50 states. So go now to momedcanco.com.
Hey, it's your pal Stephen George Elgin. Many of you saw me get my bum tattooed on live video with our friends at Tower Classic Tattooing in the Grove. What? Obviously, many people trust my opinion, so I'm going to talk to you about my top three reasons why I regularly visit Parlor STL, and Seth is going to translate it for all you punk rock skater kids. First of all, the cocktail menu is better than any you will find anywhere in the city. Say words, son. They mix it up tight if you want to get that sip on. The Nug Shack serves up some of the best farm-fresh fried chicken you'll ever eat. Cluckety cluck. They got that sicky fresh chicken for your face. The place is packed full of old-school arcade games, plus pinball and even skee-ball. They got games for days, son. Ask your mom about them. That's Parlor, located at 4170 Manchester. Check them out at ParlorSTL.com. And speaking of tattoos, you got the itch to get inked? Visit Tower Classic Tattooing about 100 feet east of Parlor. View their artist profiles at TowerClassic.com. I ain't got no job. Hey, Hoosiers. Craig Kohler here. With home buying season heating up, be sure to get a quote from a top agency and provider of the number one home insurer in North America. They offer coverage that's second to none. In fact, if your AC goes out, they offer a new endorsement where you can get a replacement from a local HVAC company. Give them a call, 314-961-4800. If you get a machine and you don't talk to a person, we'll give you one of these fine Hoosier sophisticated tees. Just takes one phone call or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. People do business with James because they like and trust him. Just check him out on Google and Facebook. If your insurance is costing you a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. Roof, roof? You know what that sound is. That's Rufus the Roofing Dog from Lifetime Roofing and Renovation. They're former insurance adjusters. They will fly a drone over your house to check to see if you've had any hail damage. Heck, they'll get up there and tell you themselves. They have an office in Webster Groves, and they're looking to help you out. Lifetime Roofing and Renovation, 314-800-0426. Give them a call. Find them online at LifetimeSTL.com. They say that God forgives the man who tries, but they've never been to Baghdad, never heard those mothers cry. And when I lay me down to sleep, will he take my soul to keep, or will he cast me out into the Cause he ain't a fool to fall for roses made with wagon shoes. Okay, welcome back to Who's Your Sophisticate on WGNU, WGNU920AM.com. And we just played that song, and now we got, uh, we're in a little bit of trouble, a little bit of copyright infringement, because the person who wrote it is actually on line one right Uh-oh. now. He is mad. Wiscom. He is super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. super pissed. Wiscom, what's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Hey, uh, well, last time we talked to you was Memorial Day, uh, our big Memorial Day weekend show, and uh, it's, it's been a little while, so how was your summer? Let's get started there. What do you got going on? Oh, man. Jesus and Mary have been good to me. Nice. It was good. Nice and nice and uh, warm, and uh, did a little bit of traveling and playing, and yeah, so things are going good. Right on, man. 
What is uh, coming back, man, your, your music, that talking about soldiers and mothers crying, and that's kind of been a, a central theme of this second hour. We just got back from a pretty heavy conversation with Kelly Kennedy. Um, what does Veterans Day mean to you, man? Oh, you know, I think for me it's just, man, it's just remembering the guys that I, you know, that I loved that are brothers to me. Um some that are not here, most that are here, and just trying to remember the good times more than anything. You know, I think that, you know, like Seth and I, we, we had a hell of a lot of good times. Oh, yeah. And so just trying to remember that, and, you know, it's because there's a lot of good that comes with the bad, too. And I think if we do that in anything, you know, trying to focus on the good, that's not saying don't, you know, to ignore the bad, but, you know, focus on the good, and, and then that's what I try to do. Definitely. Andrew, thanks Thanks for joining us again, brother. Um, that song, White Mache, is just that's awesome, man. I love hearing that every time. Uh, I sometimes struggle with the, uh, you know, now that I've uh, become friends with a lot more veterans and kind of, you know, put myself out there ready to mingle with some veterans, you know what I mean, Craig? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I always think, you know, this thank you for your service. You know, I think every veteran kind of has a different view of it and kind of what, you know, and I think you can kind of tell whether people mean it from the heart. Otherwise, they're like, hey, thank you for your service. And, and it always kind of upsets me. On social media, people are like, that's the one day. I get two days a year. I say, thank you for your service, and it makes me feel good about myself, and then I can move on. What, <laughs> how does that make you feel? Like, uh, and I'm sure, you know, I'm not asking you to speak for all veterans, but, yeah. you know, personally, do it. For me, personally, I hate it. I loathe yeah. it um, because what does it even mean to me? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, <laughs> personally, what, what did I even serve, you know? And so it bugs me, um, but I know that people come from the – the kindest of hearts when they say it they're trying to or they're just culturally just used to it you know and i'm so i don't i'm not mad when people say it but it just it hits a chord with me because it's like what does that really even mean for me i prefer you know guys that i've that i know you know or especially the vietnam guys that just say thanks for coming home you know (laughs) thanks for being alive um because everyone means well when they go in um, everybody means well. Well, not everybody. There's some there's some crazy mofos out there. <laughs> but for the most part, people really mean well when they go in. You know, best of intentions, and and uh, and you know, we're not politicians, so everybody has the best of intentions in in that. Soldiers, most of them. So um, I don't know, but for me, that's been a rough spot for me when people say that, and I just uh, you know, I just smile and. Well, thank you, you know, but... Um, it's, yeah, it's, keep uh, bent. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I'm more of the guy, like, you know, a lot of people are going out and trying to get every damn free meal that they can on Veterans Day. I personally like to just eat Cheetos and touch myself or something. Can I come over? <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are more than welcome. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I've done well, the free. I've done the free Cheetos. shrimp. The free shrimp at Applebee's a couple of times. I mean, hey, I, you know, lunch. You know. hey, you know, everyone's got to do what they got to do. Okay. That's the tight. one time a year I get to eat. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Wiscom, speaking of remembering guys, we talked to Kelly Kennedy uh, at the 7, uh, 7 p.m. tonight. Um, very powerful interview. She's the one that wrote They Fought for Each Other, the story of uh, 126. And, you know, we knew some of those guys that came back uh, after that deployment and we first actually met. So uh, just uh, tell us what you remember about that. Like, 
you know, and how that played a part in uh, yeah, our training I, you know, and everything. Yeah, I won't I won't say names, but I remember guys uh, after coming from that. First of all, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, they were taking guys from our unit to go over there because so many people were dying. Yeah, I remember, like, well, they were taking volunteers. That it was like yep, they were taking two. volunteers, and then they were, and then they just started grabbing people. And then when they came back, I just, I remember some of the guys that came to our unit after, and just, you know, I mean, they were, I, a couple of them I remember just passing out in the back, just like all kinds of crazy stuff, just, um, man, they just had a really hard time, and I, I remember that really just uh, affected me, and I thought, you know, here are these guys that, I mean, just the amount of people that they lost, it was just crazy, you know what I mean? And and seeing the effect, the look on their face when they came home, um, that really shook me, I remember. And I was, you know, you, you try to be Mr. Tough Guy, but it did shake me, and I thought, oh, my hell, I'm about to go do this too, you know? But um, it was just, but they were, they were great guys, you know what I mean, the guys that I spoke to, and some of them I'm still in contact with, but it was just... Uh, you could really see um, just it it was just this you know nothing seemed safe or fair to them you know at that point and they were still in they were still active you know mm-hmm. oh man no i could i could not imagine and hearing stories like that and uh putting it closer to home because that's the camaraderie thing is one thing that always uh you know i played sports in high school you know what i mean it's you like yeah like we're you're missing out on that yes yeah, yeah. man and how like the guy the guys and gals they care about each other before after that's pretty uh, much the only thing i miss is the camaraderie yeah everything yeah. else like really that's so neat <laughs> Two crabs, less about. andrew you mentioned that andrew you mentioned that you went on the road a little bit you got any uh good stories from the road i i uh, I know you got a, cu- a kid, a couple kids. I thought maybe I follow you on Facebook, and I thought maybe yes. I thought you were uh, yes. you were Cornelius. Uh, who are you for? Yukon uh, Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, Rudolph, yeah I nailed it. I Damn, have good. A, a sweet ass beard right now. It is pretty <laughs> rock, and I constantly, you know, I'll post stuff on social media. No one wants to say anything about my music. They go, man, that's a killer beard. <laughs> beard. Now you know your next album cover. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, pretty sweet. So. So, uh, yeah, but I got two boys, and uh, we, we, we tend to travel. Sometimes they'll go on the road with me. I did a few shows in Idaho that they went with me. Oh, we had very fun. cool, man. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just got back from the Bay Area and had a fun show and got to meet with uh, some Bohemian Grove people. It was pretty sweet. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I got Illuminati. <laughs> I let him kiss me on the mouth. Here, <laughs> That's the only That's way in. Part of so it, right? you That's the only way in. <laughs> I let anyone do that, whether they're Bohemian. Well, you're the Bohemian now. Not. Not. <laughs> it creates a bond, like a trust. <laughs> now, do you, yeah, you know. How no, but it was cool. Like, uh, yeah, I got to go out there and, and meet some, some great people. And, uh, you know, I've had this song that's releasing on Sunday, White Mache. Um, I've had people like, you know... Um, James Taylor's brother and, you know, just some of these people that have heard it and been impressed and, you know, it's a, going in the Bohemian Grove circle. So, you know, I'm, if they got to penetrate me, that's cool. I'll take it. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Just whatever we got to do. Emotionally, right? <laughs> emotionally, yes, of course. Andrew, if, if the FCC's listening, he means emotionally. <laughs> yes, of course, FCC. That, that's how I got how on the show. How are you uh, now, do you treat your kids like some roadies when they're out there? How old are put they? Put them to work. Oh, yeah. yeah, I put them to work. Good and, for you. Uh, 
Hey. I, you know, if the FCC is there, I, of course I keep all child labor laws. <laughs> uh, but... Well played, sir. <laughs> I remember when we came home and your child, uh, he spoke like two languages at the age of three or something. And he could juggle fire. I've never seen anything. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You know, they get dumber with age. <laughs> uh, it's classic Wiscom syndrome. Yeah. So, Give them an instrument. You know, they're, great, they're great kids, and they, you know, I, 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 I'm kicking myself in the butt because I, I do speak Portuguese um, fluently. Oh, and I thought, people. Yeah, I am going to teach my kids this. All grown up. No, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> It'd be a lot I easier taught them a couple words, you know, yeah. things. They knew sign language and stuff, but... I yeah I just my mom is Vovo to my son so I get it I get it I'm fluent in Portuguese because I know that word and, you know she's she's grandma <laughs> you sprinkle a few words on them too they think you're like a magic man oh, yeah. and they're like whoa you know eight words in a different language look at you dad Go no dad. bueno yeah. crazy you know yeah hey, you're, you're smart and it's like no nah, I'm I'm pretty dumb <laughs> yeah. I peaked when I was three son you'll you'll understand <laughs> you'll get it <laughs> it is all downhill after my golden birthday that was done yeah. Uh, Man, you're one of our favorite guests on here. You're you're always so jovial. You want to play a little game with us? We want to throw you, can we throw you in the hot seat? Let's do it. Right on. All right, Andrew. This is where we we rapid fire. We each have three questions. We're gonna rapid fire them at you. The first thing that comes to your head, and here we go. Um, what's the worst thing about you? I'm looking forward to this. You're what? My balls. All right. <laughs> All right. To play off that question, what's the best thing about you? The rest My of it. My <laughs> That's the only answer. All right. There's a book or a movie of your life. What's the title? Strange Brew. Strange nice. Brew. That's, that's oh, a good movie. And it, it, it got turned into a movie. Who narrates yeah. your life story? Oh, Garrison Keillor. <laughs> yes. Knocking him out. Yes. God, we are we are we are kindred spirit. <laughs> well, if you were a car, what kind of car would it be? A VW bus. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> Low and slow. So, uh, what's what's the one song that you want to be make sure is uh, played at your funeral? Uh, oh, oh, that's a tough one. Sexy Sadie, the Beatles. Oh, nice. we just talked about that on the Halloween show. Right on. Seth? Oh, is it my turn? It is. Yeah, Already? Okay, well, here's the most important question you'll hey, probably ever hey. be asked. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Oh, man, pancakes. Got to go pancakes. Dump them. Uh, yeah, get them on here. All right. Uh, you can bring back any canceled TV show or sitcom. What do you got? Uh, well, if the X-Files hadn't have come back, it would have been the X-Files. But now, Bonanza. <laughs> All right. I didn't know the X-Files. With the original oh, yeah. cast. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's not bad. Is it still Duchovny and Scully? Bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're a little older, but makeup does. Scully, she does something to my soul. Still? Is she still bringing oh, Come on now. Still. All right, Wiscom. You, you can be invisible for a day. What's the first thing you oh, do? Oh, no. Um, my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew nailed. He slayed the hot seat. That's the fastest one. Yeah, for sure. There's got to be points given for quickest answers. We put people on there, and they're like, gee, let me think. When I I was in third grade, and we're like, this is the hot seat. Blake back here asked if he could get back to us. I'm like, no. Yeah, Blake Blake wanted to go home. I'm going to think about the answers and come back the next week. I'll text you tomorrow. (laughs) All right, Andrew, we're uh, we're uh, running out of time here. Do us a favor, man. Tell us uh, where we can find your music. If you have any dates coming out for all of our fans that are out west, 
they're bountiful. There's a lot of fans out there. So let them know where you're going to be playing. Hopefully, you're going to get out our way soon so we can we can, yeah, uh, awesome. we can party a little bit and, and sing along with you. Let everybody know where they can find your stuff and follow along with you, man. Sure. Uh, AndrewWiscom.com. You can find my music there. I've got a new song coming out uh, Sunday on Veterans Day. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, I've got a bunch of touring coming up in the next year, so I will be hitting probably every state. Um, but as far as on the books right now, I just got a few through the end of the year here in Utah, um, Park City area. And uh, But after that, check the my schedule on andrewwiscom.com because I am going to be doing major touring all year. So Utah yeah. just legalized, oh, didn't yeah. they? Utah and Missouri, dude. How about that, high baby? Five. <laughs> high five. High <laughs> five. Been nice. We just gave you a ghost high five. Yes, we did. And there, is, there are some hilarious memes involving <laughs> the Mormon church and the legal <laughs> I imagine. So we can find those on Andrew Wiscombe's Facebook. <laughs> or you can drop them in the sophisticated. We'll go find some tonight. Yeah. Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. You're always a blast to have on, and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll hope to talk to you soon. Hey, I wanted to say one more thing. Uh, thank you for your service, too. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> he hasn't thanked me yet. <laughs> See you, Wiscombe. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, ciao. Thank you, guys. He's awesome. Don't say G's after it, Roman. It makes it worse. I'm like, ah, Steve's kidding. It's the reaction that makes it worse. Okay, I was kidding. Sorry, guys. That was brought to you by the Parlor and Tower Classic uh, Tattoo uh, phone and text line. And speaking of which, we got somebody else. Uh, no. I told him he hasn't been in here around for a while. I told him if he behaves, we won't. Give him some we'll, CBD. We should. We should. Hey, who do we got? We got Alex Jones. It's a confidence game, like with a lion. The lion tamers have to act totally confident. Say hi. Beat that lion. Keep it under submission. I'm a leader. Dominate it. Because if you ever want to show fear, one time when your head's in its mouth, snap like a bear trap on your head. I'd imagine. And you've got this little pot-bellied lion tamer <laughs> with their little whip. No, and we're lion tamers are usually pretty 70 trillion pound lion. Ah, human liberty, freedom, you honor, everything. And they've got this little whip with us bowing to him because he beat us on the head. A heart attack. I'm sick of it. He's tired. tired of it. I'm not afraid of him. He's a gay frog. <laughs> he's, all right, he's wow. not afraid of him. But gay I'll tell you that This, this lion, he can be tamed by no pot-bellied lion tamer. I'll tell you that right now. We got some great feedback on uh, Andrew Wiscombe. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what a cut up. Alex, yeah, never, even, Alex never even mentioned who he was talking about. Hey, Steve, uh, we got a little song? Mm. We like movies. So do we. We like internet, so do you. It's the streaming picks of the week. And Hulu. It's the streaming picks of the week. Amazon Prime Netflix. Netflix. It's, it's the streaming picks of the week. We, we like the, the internet, internet, too. We got to do these fast, baby. What okay. you got? What are you watching? Oh, man, I've been watching. I went, I went with your recommendation before, and you said... Man in High Castle. I'm not sure if you said it on the show. Oh, yeah, I have. But I have been watching it, and it's, uh, you know what kind of vibe? It kind of gave me a little bit of early Walking Dead, like before Never the zombie stuff. But it kind of had that, uh, the way it kind of plays and the intensity, obviously nothing to do with zombies or anything. It's where the Germans and the, the Japanese won World War II. Really interesting world they've built. There is a, there There are a lot of holes, though, if you start picking through it, like why they would do some of the things. And, like, I don't know, if you really sit there and dissect it it's it gets a little they, bit they, they fill it in a little bit as it goes along yeah they a new, do. new season out so <clears throat> yeah that's why i was kind of wanting to get into it so i'm on the first season it, it 
It's well written. Yeah. The the actors are really good. Yeah. Actors and actresses, and uh, it moves. It moves, and it keeps you it on does. the edge of your seat. So I don't really care for the the main actor Joe right oh, now. Uh, yeah. Because you don't know you. what's going on with him, I and you. I don't really care for the other male lead, Frank. The other guy is like, okay, get off. Get the story. The story itself is is get it's, off. it's it's weird because it's still like. It's 1960s America, but they're like man, a I decade be, behind of where we were. There's, it's it's really strange, I'd man. Like the cops, them. the police officer are wearing swastika armbands. Oh yeah, and stuff. The, like kid, the Hitler like Youth is a high school thing. It's like, crazy, man. The, the it's, neighbors, it's the neighbors, like hi Hitler. You like know. they're in the yeah, suburbs. Yeah, like that's just like they're saluting. Whatever. It's wild. So it, the Pacific states belong to uh, the Japan, Japanese, yeah, and then the eastern and like Colorado, the, the Rockies are like a neutral zone. Yeah, which very interesting. the Marshall. Dude's got to get it immediately. Anyone who looks at me or says anything like that to me in an undisputed zone, guess what? You're getting it. What do you? Uh, what have you been watching, Roman? Um, I've recently just watched again for like the third time. How beer saved the world. Said, how beer saved the world. How beer saved the world. Yeah, they got they got it on. You probably watch it on Netflix. Probably Hulu. Hell yeah, I'll but check it, it out. It, it goes in the story of like how they just left grain out and then it, water got in there. And then started fermenting. And it's, it started the it. whole deal. The kids drank it for breakfast because of the nutrients and stuff in it. You know, it wasn't very alcoholic. Sure. But, yeah. Right on. How beer changed the world. Saved Save, the world. Saved the world. <laughs> saved the world. Was it about? Seth, you watching anything? No. Cool. <laughs> Blake, how about you? I've been watching this uh, hockey team we call the Blues. Hard. No, no. Three out of oh. four. Are we on right now? We're on right now. What's the score? Yeah. I update. Know. I don't know. Give me an update. Somebody give me an update right now. I'm going to need an update right well, while now. While you're waiting for the update, can I plug a book? Um, I guess. I, I mean, I know. I've streaming people, people. I've got, I've got, got to read. Streaming, book yeah, go streaming books of the week. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to start for a third time. Uh, Anarchy Evolution. Oh. Written by Greg Graffin, the lead singer of Bad Religion, who also happens to be Dr. Greg Graffin, the evolutionary biologist at really? UCLA. Cool. Yeah, you didn't know that? Well, I didn't know that. I knew Blues are up one. One right now. Yep. There you go. One so the book is basically uh, his views on the world, religion, science, all that stuff, and uh, and our government. But he tells it through his own story of growing up, starting a punk band, getting his PhD. One chapter, he's uh, you know they're opening for suicidal tendencies, and the cops show up, and it's crazy. Next chapter, he's on a dig somewhere in like South America, and I tell you, if you're into punk rock and evolution, as I am, this book it's like it's like it's for me. It's like it's awesome, dude. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, punk it's super motivating. I watched. You want to talk about super motivating? <laughs> I watched Born Strong. Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm. It follows uh, basically four power lifters: uh, uh, the Mountain. Half Thor, you know, mm-hmm. the, from from Game of Thrones. Uh, Eddie Hall from Britain. He broke the record for uh, deadlift. Well, mom? Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall okay, sounds the, like a street fighter. At the character. end of this, Eddie Hall Eddie deadlifts. <laughs> he deadlifts twelve hundred pounds to set good? the world record. I alive <laughs> that much. His nose is bleeding as he's doing it, just That's pouring like him. a faucet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, watching these. I mean, these freak shows. <laughs> these guys are insane. They do the sear dumbbell. It's a three hundred pound dumbbell. They got to bring up to their shoulder and press overhead with one arm. And the one dude does you know, it four times. <laughs> I'm like. Dude, I, I lift a 15-pound hog every morning. And Dude, I, you know what I like to do at the gym? I'll walk by some huge guy with, like, the 90-pound dumbbells. I'm like, you almost done, bro. <laughs> I get a kick out of that. It's such a kick out of that. Oh, my goodness. Guys, what a show. What do you think, Dom? Thank you for uh, everybody that uh, <laughs> Hey, what do you think? I, I, I always, was a good, I, a good show. I always welcome Doc Halliday. Yeah, and his girl and him have been enjoying the show. 
Listen, guys, we really appreciate you tuning in to us. Uh, that first hour, we've been getting fielding a lot of questions about cannabis. We want to be that source for you. Um, that's what we've sought to be all along. And now that we've passed it, now is the time to educate your friends, your family. There's a lot of people that didn't vote for it that need to learn something. Um, we appreciate you sending them our way. We're happy to connect people that need to be connected. You're looking to get in the business. Check out Daryl Bertram with Missouri Cannabis Consultants. Uh, this entire presentation, guys, was brought to you by MoMedCanco.com. Enter Hoso at checkout. You get 15% off everything site-wide. Everything to you that was brought to you in the first hour. All that knowledge from Daryl Bertram was brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. Check out CarltonInsurance.net, 314-961-4800. Guys, if you have insurance needs, he's the only guy in the business to trust him, to trust with. We got uh, Lifetime STL made this whole second hour possible. Roof, roof. Thanks to all of our guests, all of you veterans. Roof Thank it. you so much. My buddy Steve's got a little bit to tell you. We love you, St. Louis. Guys, one of the biggest things about the legalization, so many people I see online saying, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. All of these medical refugees. Colorado, Nevada. It it has split families up. They're missing birthdays. They're missing Christmases. They're missing Thanksgiving coming up. Coming home, baby. We did it. We did it, guys. We did it. Thank you to all of you that, that got out there and did the right thing. Not only voted yes on two, voted no on three, voted no on C. We all did it, guys. Everybody won. Whether you were a Democrat or a Republican on Tuesday, everybody in Missouri won. We're getting kids medicine. We're helping parents that have watched their kids suffer no longer. Here in St. Louis, here in Missouri, Kansas City, Springfield, and all through everywhere in between, we are able to give the people the medicine that they need, and you guys played a huge part of that. Thank Thank you you so much for following along. Share it with your friends. Share the knowledge. Make everybody smarter. Get everybody healthier. We love you, St. Louis. We'll see you on the other side. Be well. And I can't believe it when I hear the jokes they make.